0: Welcome to the Rare Find Voices Podcast. My name is Robin Koenig, and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find, the creator of the Disaster to Dream Dating Solution and the Rare Find Three Steps to Brilliance. But even more importantly, I'm a mom of four teenagers, a wife, a certified professional coach, and a public speaker. And I'm an expert at helping women use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. I love challenging people to think differently see things differently and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week I'll share my voice or bring forward another fine voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with major life transitions such as getting married, getting divorced, going through a career change and having kids. I've been through so many of the same things in my life journey, and I understand the pain as well as the steps that it takes to get through the messy stuff to the ultimate freedom and joy that you desire. This podcast is for you if you want to be more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, and get out of your own way to be happy and free to live the life that you want. You know that you can, but you just don't know how. And it's hard and it's real, but it's your time to shine. You don't need to hide. All of those beautiful bits and pieces are who you are, the imperfections and all without the shame, the guilt or the fear. If you're open and ready to transform and you want to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening. Today is the day you choose to make this commitment to yourself because you are a rare find. Hey friends, welcome back to the Rare Fine Voices podcast. I'm your host, Robin Koenig, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, Today, we're gonna talk about a topic that I love, love, because it's like this combination of things that I've done and a great story, but also some juicy nuggets for you to take away. So we're gonna talk about how fitness transformed my brain more than my body, And there's a lot here. I love storytelling, as you may have already picked up on some of my past podcasts. But like I said, I'm gonna share with you some really great insights and things that I've taken away from these experiences. So, you know, grab a snack, get on the treadmill for the next, I don't know, 20 minutes. I don't ever really know (laughs) how long this will take um, or how long these podcasts will be. But I really hope you enjoy the show. And so, let's get started. So growing up, I was not an athlete (laughs) and, you know, I've got some, some listeners that are friends or family and they probably are like, oh, well, you know, maybe I I played basketball in fourth grade, you know, at the rec center. Um, But truly my experiences growing up were not in the athletic arena Um, unless you count marching band so i mean i have some amazing shoulders from holding that flute up or my piccolo up and marching around so you know you could probably make a really good case for the fact that marching band and music can definitely like you know give you some some toned arms um so anyway that was my that was really where i put a lot of my emphasis growing up was in music um and i had absolutely amazing time but I want to wanna, wanna kind of fast forward a little bit here to when I turned 30. So when I turned 30, I had the amazing experience of becoming a mom. I had my son, Jack, and I decided at that time that, you know, maybe, maybe I wanted to do something to lose some of the baby weight. Um, and so I had not ever really done anything much before, maybe gone to the gym here and there, but I didn't know anything really at all about what I was doing. So... I grabbed some shoes. I bought a treadmill because I wanted to still be at home. And, you know, when the baby was sleeping, you know, that I could run quietly on the treadmill downstairs, right? (laughs) So anyone here have a treadmill at home? Because honestly, the only reason that it's quiet is because you're wearing headphones. (laughs) You don't hear it. You know, that, that boom, 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 like that pounding noise of your feet running on the treadmill. It's literally, it is not quiet. You know, those things are loud. You've got the noisy belt if it's not aligned, you know? So I don't know what I was thinking, but, you know, I got my treadmill. I, would run, he would sleep and I kind of, you know, got myself into a little routine. And eventually I was able to mix in, you know, getting outdoors. So I had lived in this great neighborhood, I could go run outside and that was amazing because it became my time. It was just for me, my thoughts, my training, and it turned into this, you know, exciting experience where now all of a sudden I was like, well, I wanna, I wanna do my first race, I wanna do my first 5K. And so I realized at that point that I I might want to try some professional coaching or a group or something to, you know, improve what I was doing. So what I discovered in this process, this exploration was way more than just a running group. Um, And it was really more about a fitness approach, a philosophy of functional fitness that was just blowing up. And this was in 2010. So this was quite a few years later. So I'd had my son in 2004. Um, I had, you know, kind of played around with running and doing some races and things, but I had decided in 2010 that I really wanted to explore more of the fitness opportunities and some training regimen. And this was, you know, again, when CrossFit was blowing up. So, whatever your perceptions are about CrossFit, you know, you like it, you love it, you hate it, you don't know what I'm talking about. The point is that I've never done anything quite in my life like CrossFit. And at that time, I mean, it was completely foreign, but I had read a bit about it and I just loved this idea, this philosophy of functional fitness and training and what it was about. So I decided to try it. Um, I had never done a pull-up. I had never lifted a barbell. I mean, I could barely ride a bike, which to this day, my kids still tease me about. I mean, I can ride a bike, but I'm just not so awesome about it. But I was fascinated by the science of nutrition, by the technical aspects of weightlifting, and this dedication of a community to support each other. And this is really what began my transformation, both mentally and physically. So when I first started, I remember on my very first day of training, you know, meeting with the coach, and the very first thing that they said to me, and here I was, you know, this very wavy runner, um, was to eat more fat. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember my response was like this oh, gasp, you know, like, how could you say such a thing? You know, I, I didn't understand at that time that, you know, good fat meant you could feel your body better and sustain the training and that it was good for you. I mean, I was just like in shock, like, what, what do you mean eat more fat? Like, never. And so you know, it started to then make a little bit of sense as I began to trust the process and trust in the training. You know, I started at, you know, a weight of around 116 pounds. And keep in mind, this was after probably a good solid five years of running, you know, and probably not having the understanding from a nutritional perspective. I mean, I had, I lost a bunch of weight, you know, post baby and I was feeling really good, but I was probably underweight. I mean, I can, I can say that now I was under probably a good, comfortable weight for me, but it's just how my body had transformed. So I began my, I began my journey into fitness and, you know, from, the day that I started, which was uh, March of 2010, and within that very first year, I mean, within the calendar year, I gained 20 pounds of muscle. I mean, I went from 116 pounds to 138, which was truly my competition weight, which I'll talk about in a moment, um, but really also reduced my body Fat. So, my body understood what was going on. It did what I asked it to do, asked it to do, um, which was, you know, kind of course correct itself, Um, put on muscle mass and not bulky by any means, but really toned, very fit, and I was definitely in great shape. And so, along this journey, you know, it has nothing to do necessarily with the weight, but. I wanted to share that because it was something that began to transform. My body began to really transform. You know, I developed strength and muscle. Um, but what happened was I fell in love with the barbell. I fell in love with this, you know, the sport of weightlifting and I decided to compete. And my my goal was that I wanted to do my first competition by the time I turned 40. So if, if, if you met me, especially at that time and I would meet somebody and they'd say, you know, what do you do? And I was working in the nonprofit space and, you know, the organization was, you know, highly tuned in, highly connected with the fitness industry. Um, I was also coaching CrossFit, but I was really competing as a weightlifter. And I would tell somebody, you know, that I was a competitive competitive weightlifter and they would look at me like, like, I was crazy. Like, what? You know, like, look me up and down, you know, stare at my quads, expecting me to, you know, flex or something. Um, and so, I, you know, that was so fun. It was, it was so exciting to share with somebody something very unique about myself that I was very proud about. Um And the truth is that, you know, being a weightlifter, it's different than bodybuilding. You know, it's a different mix of skill and strength. You can be small yet mighty or, you know, for me, like a mom yet mighty. And so in 2017, I competed at a local competition. I had done quite a few over the last, you know, uh, about three years of competing, you know, on a local level. Um, And as a master's competitive weightlifter. So you're talking about being over the age of 35. You're in the master's weightlifting arena. And so I was able to do quite well. And Southern California is a tough area. I mean, Southern California has incredible um, athletes for weightlifting, for CrossFit, you know, in the fitness industry. And so in 2017, I competed Um, in a local competition. And I, and I had placed fourth in my weight class, which was 63 kilos. So, you know, if you're, if you're um, in weightlifting, you understand it. It was, it was my highest platform total so far for a meet. You know, if you're curious, it was 120 for my total, uh, 52 in snatch, 68 in clean and jerk. And that was a meet PR for me. And I was absolutely thrilled. It was definitely my goal. And so I was on my way to moving the needle and, you know, again, going from never lifting a barbell in 2010 to competing on this platform seven years later with, you know, half a dozen or more meets under my belt in that short period of time. And what happened This actually put me in the top 10 rankings on a national level and positioned me for my next meet, which was in October of 2017 that year to easily qualify for nationals for the third time. And so I share this whole story with you and it's not to brag and believe me by no means was I a, you know, absolute top ranking national, you know, weightlifter, but I had done so much in such a short period of time with the original intention, which was to just become a better runner and do something more than what I'd ever done in my life, set that goal for myself, compete at the age of 40. That was a milestone for me. And so fast forward to 2018. I did not go to nationals. I did not go to nationals any year that I had actually qualified. And the truth is that I, I struggled for this for a while, for a solid year about, you know, why did I not go? Why did, you know, why didn't I go? What, what was the driving force behind my decision to not continue in the sport at that time? And it was, it was tough. I wrestled with it quite a lot. And I realized it wasn't just about the competition and getting on that national platform, which by the way, I will do. And that is a statement, that is my, I'm putting that out for a public accountability. I will compete on a national platform at some point. And what I realized, and this was you know, a very helpful conversation for me, not only with my coach, Matt Schaefer, who was fantastic, He really helped me be okay with the decision as much as it was a tough decision. He had my back on that, but also mostly my husband, Steve, to say, okay, the question he asked me when we were having this conversation that I was wrestling with about nationals was, is it a not now or is it a not ever? And that was so helpful for me because what he helped me understand and shine the light on was that my choosing not to go to nationals in 2018 was a decision that I was making in the best interest of my family and myself at that moment in time. But it wasn't like this final decision. It wasn't like cutting me off completely from something that I love doing forever and ever. And that can be really difficult sometimes. We make a decision and we beat ourselves up about it and say, gosh, I can't believe I didn't do that. And, you know, we, we, we kill ourselves with that judgment. And I realized that the decision I made was a, it's just not right for now, but it's not going anywhere. You know, my opportunity to compete still exists if I choose to continue to do that and I will continue to do that when it makes sense for me. And so it was just a, a not now decision. And so, you know, there was there was so much purpose in what I had been doing in the fitness, you know, realm, in, in, in what fitness represented for me and what I had been doing with the barbell that didn't go away when I stepped off that platform. So... You know, if you've ever done something in your life that made you feel so incredibly strong, and I'm talking mentally strong, that mental fortitude, or even physically, it can be a combination of both because they go hand in hand. When I stepped onto that platform, even for the very first time, I remember this feeling of excitement. Um, and nerves of course but I love if you've listened to Mel Robbins talk about the difference between being nervous and being excited and how physiologically they are the exact same thing your body responds the same way you know you might get sweaty you might get the jitters in your stomach you know knees shaking um, you know so your body responds the same way but when you change the the thought in your mind from being nervous or being afraid to being excited and linking it to something that brings you joy, it, your brain decides that it doesn't need to release the stress hormone cortisol to help you, right? So it's, it, that's essentially like a protection mechanism. And that's what happens when you get nervous or afraid. So it releases the stress hormone, which then blocks your ability to think clearly when you're excited then you have a sense of joy and you can stay clear and you can stay present in what you're doing. And for me, getting onto that platform was exciting and it was audacious. It was this powerful opportunity to do something so beyond what I thought I was, you know, was capable of doing. Those you know, normal constraints, the definition of audacity and in such a powerful way. And so I want you to just take a moment, like think about something in your life that has brought you that feeling, that belief in your own power, that excitement and that audacity to push forward in a way that you never thought was possible before. And when you can tap into that and use that mindset and that ability to say, I am powerful, I am capable. I can do more than, you know, what I'm currently believing I can. It will change your life. It will transform your thought process. It will transform your actions more than just what it does to change your body. And so that is, that's, you know, what I wanted to share today is, you know, I loved how I looked. I loved my body composition when I was competing as a weightlifter and I would get approached by people in the grocery store, you know, telling me that they love my arms or I could look in the mirror and just see the strength that I had in my body at, you know, over 40 years old, you know, 42 years old to do what I was doing, you know, watch a video of myself and, you know, look at a lift and be like, man, you know what? I've actually done something really amazing here. Like that's really freaking cool. And that was exciting. But the fact that I was able to do more with the power of my mindset now to this day because of my training means more to me than anything, means more to me than getting back onto a national platform. And believe me, that is important and I will do that. So I want to you know, kind of go through some ideas of how do you use this mindset You know, for me, that love and gift for fitness in your everyday life. I approach it like I approach the barbell on the platform. You know, when I approach that barbell and you're, you know, you're walking up on a platform in front of three judges that are staring at you, waiting to give you a white light or a red light. Is it a good lift or a bad lift? And you got to get two out of three to make it count. And it's you like on a stage, literally with a barbell. And they're looking at you and you've got, you know, a hundred plus people or however many, more than that, thousands when you're talking about a national platform and people watching you live stream. And they're just waiting for you like, okay, go ahead, pick that up, do that. <laughs> that weight, you know, 120 pounds, 160 pounds, you know, whatever. And so how do you use that and apply that belief and excitement, you know, I approach that barbell with re- respect, with admiration, with curiosity, you know, joy and, and wonder. I was listening to this great podcast, a talk, actually, it wasn't a podcast, I'm sorry, it was a video of a talk from a woman named Shelby Stanger. Shelby Stanger, my goodness, Shelby Stanger. She is a journalist, she's a writer, she's a podcast host, host of a um, a show called Wild Ideas Worth Living. It's in partnership with REI. And her topic was, I wonder if, and it was fantastic. Um, I cannot wait to reach out to this woman. Um, she She's amazing. And I loved her topic because it was this idea of, I wonder if, and just, you know, what what, what would you fill in the blanks for that? How can you Wonder if and do something amazing and a wild idea that is worth living to do something incredible versus you know I wonder I wonder how, you know, I wonder why. It's it's you know less about the how. If you wonder if, then you're gonna try it. You're gonna move yourself into that intentional action, which is something I'm so passionate about it. So I want to give you some thoughts on how to apply this mindset and use it in your everyday life because there are some really important principles that I've taken away as, as, you know, kind of steps to follow that I've, uh, curated. I love that word. I've curated from my work in fitness, my love for weightlifting. And so here, here they are. The first one is always finish. So in the sport of weightlifting, You need to finish, and this is part of your movement. It is all about, you cannot just pick the weight up off the floor and go through parts of the positions. You need to finish the lift. And if you don't, your lift will likely fail. That's just, you know, you could get lucky. (laughs) Maybe you don't finish the lift very well, but you get under it and it's a good lift. But the whole point is if you learn how to finish, in your positions you learn how to lift or sorry finish your lift then it's way more likely that you will be successful and so I've been reading this book um and off the top of my head I'm trying to remember now it's called finish and it is by an author I'm looking it up right now give me a moment I want to make sure I give you some good info here his first name is John his last name is Acuff so um He wrote this book on finishing and it's it's absolutely fantastic. If you have a moment to read it, I actually grabbed it as a digital download from my library. Super cool that you can do that. But um, there are some really, really great tactics about getting to the finish. And sometimes it's not going to be comfortable. Just like in weightlifting, man, sometimes you're going to have to hold that a little bit longer, stabilize, right? Pull a little bit more. But you always want to finish because you know that if you don't, you're unlikely to actually complete what it was that you were intending to do. Like your lift. The second idea concept around this is take it one lift at a time. Okay. So if you're thinking in this, you know, mindset of I want to get to my end game my end goal and in a workout same as in your job or at home or you know when you're reaching for your dreams sometimes you need to focus on one thing to avoid freaking out at the immense size or scale of what you're doing you know if you stare at that barbell and you're like holy crap that is a lot of weight you know or you're looking at a workout and it is this like long ass workout it's, you know, an hour long workout. You know, it's going to take you an hour. It's all these movements, you know, multiple reps. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a workout in CrossFit called Murph. And if you look at it on the board and it's a hero wad, it's a hero workout. So it's an honor of a hero. And, and so it's intentionally meant to be intense and, and, and big and a, and a huge um, uh, effort to put in to honor the heroes. So when you look at that, it's terrifying, but if you break it up, which, you know, you can, you can chop it up to get it done one lift at a time, one movement at a time, you know, Mel Robbins talks about it in Legos, one Lego at a time, then that's all you can focus on. You know, don't lure Don't look at the immensity of it. Recognize it, acknowledge it. Yep. That's big. That's something big. And then tear it apart. Take it apart one step at a time. Focus in at that time on what you want to do and get that done and then move on to the next and the next. So then the next piece, the next mindset idea here is give it time and be patient. So (laughs) you don't go from flabby to fit overnight, right? (laughs) You don't go from being an amateur to proficient in one weekend. You know, you don't attend a seminar and all of a sudden you are, you know, a genius at whatever the topic was, you know, we have such high expectations of ourselves when it comes to personal learning that if we walked into the gym with the same expectations, the coach would laugh us out the door, you know, like walk into the gym and be like, I want to lift that weight, which would be, you know, a 20 pound PR for me off the ground today. Can you, can you do that? Can you make that happen? You know? If you decided that you wanted to go from, you know, maybe not being toned to having, you know, ripped muscles overnight, you know, like that's, that's ridiculous. So you need to give it time. You've got to set some expectations. And I'm not saying, you know, give yourself this super long runway and um, don't put in the effort to push yourself outside of the comfort zone. Cause sometimes we do that. We give ourselves a really long runway and say, well, in two years, I'm going to drop 10 pounds or, you know, in five years, I want to do my first competition, you know, whatever it is. Think about, you know, what is your ideal or what is your minimum, you know, and, and go somewhere in the middle, you know, give yourself a bar that you want to push, but time is a factor. And so be patient with yourself. Take it that one step at a time and know that it is something that it will take time. And when you stop focusing on the clock or the calendar or what that deadline is, it's very likely you will exceed your own expectations. Okay. The next, okay, so the next concept that I want to share with you is the idea that you can always set another goal higher than what you believe and sometimes you need somebody to help you with that. So for example, whenever I would have a meet, I would you know, get prepared for um, you know, an upcoming competition. In my mind, I would have, you know, what numbers do I want to hit? And notoriously, every time I would consider what those numbers were, I would talk with my coach and he'd look at me like, yeah, no, we're going to do more than that, (laughs) you know, and he had knowledge and understanding of what I was capable of doing, but he also had the belief and from an outside perspective to tell me that I was capable of more. And so, you know, we'd go back and forth and he would say a number and I would probably look at him with fear, you know, Um, but I would trust him. And so... It allowed me to set goals that I could expand myself, that I could push myself. And so always set another goal higher than what you believe is possible for you. And that goes back to also what I was talking about as far as time. You know, again, in your mind, you're going to be your own worst critic. You're going to be the one to tell yourself you can't. You've got to continually push yourself And set another goal higher than what it is that you believe that you can do. And if you're not sure about that, you tap into somebody else that you know isn't going to be completely out there. You know, that they're not going to set something that doesn't make sense for you. But at the same time, somebody that you trust, whether it be a coach, whether it be a mentor, um, you know, somebody that you know can say, hey, help me set a goal because I think that I might, um, you know, I might not be able to do this set this goal to the level that I believe that I can. And then the last piece is letting others cheer you on. So one of the greatest things that I've experienced when it comes to the, the, you know, journey in fitness and the CrossFit community is an event or workout called grace. And this was part of the work that I was doing in the nonprofit space with, with the, breast cancer organization and every year we would there would be events hosted with this workout called grace and the coolest thing is that everybody would gather around and cheer each other on and it was really an experience you know and there was a lot of meaning behind this workout and what it did for the organization and for the cause um it represented a lot but what would happen is the very last person that was finishing this workout. And it was it was a grueling workout. It's 30 clean and jerks for a time. And as people would finish, they would put their barbell down and they would look to see who else was still working out, who else was still pushing themselves, you know, working hard to complete this workout, who else was struggling to get through this. And by the very end of it, the entire gym, the entire community would be gathered around the person that was finishing last. And, you know, with this sheer respect and excitement, you know, like a big group hug, you know, and when we put ourselves into this idea that, hey, we want to set a goal and we want to do something. Sometimes it's like, it's a self-inflicted silo because we think we believe that we have to do it alone. And it's, it's hard, you know, it's, It's difficult to sometimes ask for help or ask for support because, you know, we tell ourselves that that's a sign of weakness and that's, that's BS, right? Um, and so how I apply this to my everyday life is that I, I ask questions, you know, like I would ask my coach, you know, what does this look like? How does this lift look? You know, am I doing it right? Can I tweak something? What can I do to fix my form? You know, what else can I do to improve or get stronger, go faster, you know, be more awesome. And when you're doing that, when you're tapping into people around you that you can ask questions or ask for input, let them cheer you on. Even if you're the last one that's finishing, you can drop the judgment and the shame. You can, you can leave your ego at the door and do the best work in your life. And that is for sure probably my favorite favorite tip, you know, learning insight that I've used when it comes to training that as much as I would, you know, ask and, and rely on my coach for their feedback, I bring that same level of trust and respect and curiosity and an interest to learn and grow to my everyday life. And so, you know, those are some of the mindset tips or athletes that I apply to my everyday, you know, prepare, I'll I'll break this down for you. I'm going to give you four buckets, right. That I use prepare like you would for a workout, you know, take your pre-workout, put on your right shoes, you know, get yourself ready. Like, what do you need? Prepare. Then the second step is practice over and over and over, you know, reps on reps, just like in weightlifting, you are going to, it's, Probably one of the most boring sports, I'd say that with love, most boring sports to practice because you're doing the same thing over and over. But it works. And when you do something over and over and you create that habit and you create, you know, the muscle memory, this can be for your brain as well. You will improve. That is for sure. Reflection. If you are taking the time to go back and you know, reflect on, you know, I equate this to watching a video in weightlifting. When you are reviewing your video, you know, you're, you, you do the same thing, but you're going to review things in your mind. Like what could I have done better? What am I doing really well? What could I improve on? What can I do better now than I've done in, you know, now that I reflect back on it, you know? And, you know, you're not beating yourself up over it, maybe a little bit here and there, but gosh, what you're doing is you're saying, this is where I want to make a change. This is where I want to improve and then put that into action. And then the last piece of that is the action piece, which is a reach. And so I really like this because visually I think about stretching. I think about putting your arms out, you know, higher, further, longer, you know, reaching for something you know, beyond maybe what you can reach right now, but you're going to set that goal and you're going to set the intention and the action that is associated with it, which at the end of the day is what you want. You want to create the momentum and the action around getting something done and that in itself, if you put all of those things together, I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that you will be able to, do what you want to do, take some of those things that you've experienced in your life and apply them to other things, because I know that you are strong and I know that you are capable. Now it just comes down to that willingness. So I hope that you enjoyed my, my episode today. I really, really appreciate you so much taking the time to listen. If you want to take another moment and subscribe and keep getting all of these podcasts into your into your inbox. I would absolutely love and appreciate that. You know, leave me a comment if you've got some ideas around this, if you love fitness or if you're, you know, interested in weightlifting or you think it's all just craziness. (laughs) I would love to hear from you as well. Leave a review and thank you so much for joining me with love and laughter.